Um, if you were not here last week, just put your hands on your shoulders and say, God, have mercy upon me. If you're here, say, God, I thank you. Oh, you see, please say it with confidence. If you were here and you didn't listen to the word of God, say, Lord, I thank you. Um, because I am going to try to do well by trying to at least bring some few things back into remembrance to us. But then we have to finish it today by God's grace. We've been talking upon the topic of praying according to the will of God. And I've been talking about the fact that, and if we can actually put it up, the two chapters that we'll be focusing a lot on today is, like I said last week, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and also Jude 20, but just 1 John for now. And we, we, we read, this is a very important place for me because I believe very well that the children of God and all of us, including myself, that we do struggle with understanding that or knowing, and we talked about it a little bit today about, you know, believing and not believing in Bible studies. Those who missed it also ask God that, Lord, have mercy upon me. Oh, if you missed Bible studies, I know there was a lot that missed them. Say, so God, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. Amen. You understand the reason why I do what I do and I say what I say? Because the mercy of God, it is very important. Hallelujah. But I have been, we, 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 we need to understand that we serve a God who is a prayer answer God. Because he says that my house shall be a house of what? Prayer. His word also says that we should pray without ceasing. So it means that there is something about prayer that it is necessary in our growth as children of God. Can I get an amen here? Yeah, so a child of God cannot just say that I'm going to neglect the place of my prayer life and think that it's all about, you know, you can, you can know the word. But when you don't understand your position in prayer, your effectiveness becomes very little. A child of God has to be very effective in prayer. He says that the prayer of the righteous, what? Yeah. So prayer is necessary. And when we had, we've been dealing with the will of God, asking that, we said it as the Lord was teaching us in the pen of his prayer, he says that, let thy will be what? Done. Where? On earth. As it is what? How do we activate that will in heaven to be manifested on this earth? Through prayer. You get my point? So we cannot be silent in the place of prayer. Yeah. Um, um, it's necessary that we become comfortable praying to our God. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, comfortable praying. Because a lot of times we are not comfortable praying to God. I know this is off track, but I don't know where the Lord is taking me about this. But it's necessary. Because sometimes we think prayer only ha has to happen a certain time or a certain place. But when the word of the Lord says, pray without season, it means that even when you are walking in your hallways, in your workplace, you can still pray. Amen. But you see, the problem is that because if God commune with us in his word and also in prayer, if we are not comfortable, you see, there are some people here that they are very comfortable with their pastor. They can talk to me on the phone. Many people know I don't like to talk for a long time on the phone. 
but they can hold me on the phone for a long time. They are comfortable. As a matter of fact, they will tell me what happened on Monday, Tuesday, and I'm like, <laughs> like, when is this going to finish? <laughs> but, you see, that comfort makes it and builds our relationship together. But you see, when we are not comfortable in the face of God, yeah. but yet we expect God to deliver. He said, before you even pray, he knows. Hallelujah. Amen. Praying in accordance to the will of God. Can we please have the scripture up really quickly so I can go through the next five minutes? Last week, I spent the time a lot upon the very word here, confidence. And I said that as the scripture says, it says that now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, we, he hears. And if we know that he hears, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him of. Amen? Amen. And I talked about the fact that, you see, it was necessary for the Spirit of God to reveal to the authors of this book that they need to make sure that we understand that it takes our measure of confidence when we go into our prayer. Because if you go in prayer without confidence that he is the God that will answer your prayer, then how do you accept what he gives? The reason why we struggle accepting the will of God is because we are not confident that what he has made available for us is good. Can I say that again? Sometimes when we are going through the process and the struggles, and we are praying, because we lose confidence in who he is, that he is the author and the finisher, the results we are not even confident about. Can I say that again? But it is necessary that when we are going before God in prayer, we are confident of who he is, that he's able. To do exceedingly and abundantly. It's not a hype message. I want you to get this. Hallelujah. And I talked about some few things here. How to make sure you develop that confidence. And I said that it is developed out of your ability to what? Surrender to Christ. Philippians chapter 3 verses 3 to 7. Right? You remember that. Out of what? Your ability to what? Surrender. You see, we are used to having confidence in some physician based on his what? Experience. Right? We have our experience in other people or our confidence in people based on what? Their experience. Yeah. <laughs> Let me keep going. But the confidence that we have to have in God does not depend on what he has already done before. But it depends on you surrendering, knowing that he will show up. Amen. So what I taught last week was for you to understand that Paul said that I count everything what? A loss. Because in the Philippians, Paul has placed and revealed all the confidence that he could have. 
that he is really a very hard worker apostle. But he count all those things a lost so that he can gain what? Christ. And I also spoke about the life of who? Ruth. Can I get some church members here? Yeah. And we learned from Ruth's story that Ruth did not follow Naomi because of what Naomi had. He thought she followed Naomi knowing that this Naomi had nothing. But she said, wherever you go is where I'll go. Wherever you sleep is where I'll sleep. Wherever you are buried is where I will be buried. There is, it's not normal to say I'm going to follow someone who I know is broke. Can I teach this here? But you see, God wants us to exercise this. Let us trust in him with all our hearts, with all our soul, irrespective of what you have today. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I keep going? Now, what I want to show, please, let's go back to First John. Help me out. What I want to share light on is that when we continue this verse, it says, now, this is the confidence we have before who? And who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? God. Whenever we want anything, it didn't say something, right? Oh, please, say it with confidence. Good. According to what? What happens? That is your answer. Yeah. When we ask according to his will, what does he do? What the Lord is teaching us here, the confidence has to be in the fact that he's the God that hears. When you go in your time of prayer, don't think that God is silent on your prayer. But God is a God that what? Hears my prayer. You see, it's like if I come to my dear daughter here and I know she cannot hear and I speak to her, what do I do afterwards? Why am I even talking to you? I know you can't hear me. But like your children, you know your children know and they keep coming to you because they know that you will hear them. And eventually you answer them. True or false? Go to Exodus. Chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. And, I'm, and we are going to get there very soon to what we are going to deal with today. Are we there? He says, Then the Lord said, I have observed the miseries of my people in Egypt. And I have what? Heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their suffering. He has what? <laughs> Please, say it with your, with your heart. He has what? He said, my people in Egypt, I've observed it. I've seen their miseries. But he had not only just seen their problems, but he has heard their cry. So when we cry unto God in prayer, I'm not talking about literally crying, but when we go before God in prayer, he hears our word, prayer. 
And what happens when he hears? He says, I have come down to rescue them from the power of the what? Egyptians. And to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and what? Honey. The territory of the Kenyans, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and all these territories. He said, I've what? Heard their cry and I've what? Come down. God hears your prayer. The outcome of you putting your confidence in God is that he hears. So when you're not getting the answer, he what? Can I get a church? When you're not seeing the answer you want, he what? Hears. When you're not seeing the change you want, you what? Hears. When that husband is not seeing the way he needs to change, he what? Hears. When that wife is not seeing the way she needs to change, God what? Hears. As long as you what? Put your confidence in him in prayer. When your supervisor is not changing or showing favor to you according to the time you want him to show it, God what? He hears. Amen. Are uh, you getting something here? So we can move forward. Good. So then I talked about briefly that the will of God is basically a comprehensive will. Means that we need to understand one thing. That when we say that God, let that will be done. We are not only saying, God, do it the way we want you to do it. But what we are saying is that we surrender totally to you. How you will do it, when you do it, and whatever else is in between. When Jesus Christ got that, he said, not my will, but your will. Means that if that will requires him to carry the cross, that is okay. Because he knew that the end result, that the father would not leave him, the holy one, to see decayed. As the psalmist says, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The will of the Lord. We need to get this. That when we pray to God, he's the God of the living. He hears our prayer. And his will shall be done. I don't know what you may be experiencing in your everyday life. But there is something called the will of God. And I said that last week, that one of the things is that we need to see that the will of God is greater than our will. And is better than our will. Hallelujah. So then, if God will do his will, based on how, when, and all that is in between, then what is needed from us? What is needed from us? Confidence. What else? Huh? I'm teaching this. Yes. Surrendering. Obedience. Hallelujah. All that good stuff. Say to your neighbor, all that good stuff. Boils down to my position in Jesus Christ. Yeah. All that. It's about where you stand with Christ. Let's go to Jude as I bring my message very close to an end. 
And I want to break down some few things. We are going to close. Jude chapter 20. Actually, let's have 20 to 24. Some people are looking for different chapters in Jude. There's only one. I told you last week. So I hope you all learned. Just open the book of Jude and stop right there. And look for verses 20 to 24. Hallelujah. He says, But you, my dear friends, building yourself up in your most holy faith, I want you to underline that first, and in praying in the Holy Spirit, underline that as well, that's number two, keep yourself in the love of God, number three, expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Number four, number five, have mercy on some who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Others have mercy in fear. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. What is the Son of God? This is the brother of Jesus Christ. The half-brother of Jesus Christ teaching us here. I want to break it down briefly. This was times whereby there were so many doctrines going on in the churches. And people were walking away from the true doctrine of Christ Jesus Christ. And there were so many false teachers and false prophets. And believe it or not, it still happens today. So when he had questioned us about all these things, he came to this conclusion. That my dear brothers or my dear friends, building yourself up in your most holy words, faith. That position is necessary. He's saying... Don't just build, but building yourself. Hear me. It means that don't just say, I am saved by faith. But keep adding on and keep adding on and keep adding on every day of your life to the holy faith that you have come to accept. Does that make sense? What happens in the midst of our everyday life is this. That when we go through the trials and tribulations, we cease from believing. You get it? But what the Lord was teaching me here is this. If his people will learn how to build onto their faith with every situation of their life, then we will experience what God is able to do. You see, I asked myself the question. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. And the Bible says that in the midst of the crowd, she still had the ability to go through to touch the hem of Jesus. And, I, you know, being in the medical field, I know how patients, they can become very deconditioned. And when they become deconditioned like that, there is no strength anywhere. And, and maybe I get it because I'm trying to understand how did she get the strength to touch the hem of Jesus. And what I came to understand here is that somewhere, somehow, in the midst of every rejection she experienced, she continued to carry another block. The rejection was never a place of end. But it was a place of another adding. It was a place of another adding. 
So by the time that she heard the voice of Jesus, she had enough faith to go in the midst of the crowd, to touch the hem of Jesus, in the midst of your challenges, in the midst of your affliction, in the midst of whatever outcome that you may be experiencing, if you can use that as another block, a testimony of adding on to your faith, then God will show himself strong. Keep adding. And keep adding. And when he continued, he said, pray in the spirit. And I will not say much because a lot of these, I can actually spend weeks and preach on this. For the sake of time. But he says pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Really boils down to your relationship with Christ. If you don't have the Holy Spirit with you. You cannot neglect the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life. Some places say that the Holy Spirit is no longer here. But I came to announce to you. What can we be? And where can I go if I did not have the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is my source every day of my life. The truth is this. If you really want to serve God, you need the Spirit of God. He told the disciples, listen, the disciples did miracles when Jesus Christ was there. True? Oh, please. When it's not true, say, Pastor, not true. <laughs> he sent them out. They came back with a testimony that people have been healed. So is the Holy Spirit really only just for the healing? But he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive power from my heart, which is the Holy Ghost. Because when you have the Holy Ghost, then you have the ability to be a witness. We talked about it in Bible studies. That witness is your integrity. That witness is your faith. That witness is the unshakable faith. The Bible says that Abraham, at his old age, still did not waver in his faith. Can I say that here? He didn't know what waver in his faith. Because when the Holy Spirit is with you, it doesn't matter what you have experienced. He enables you to keep going. See, Abraham did not waver. And we cannot waver. If we can see each process of our life as a step or a block to what God is doing in our lives. There's a lot I want to say. But I'll continue. And it says, keep yourself in the love of God. It didn't say, come to know the love of God. Keep yourself in it. Means that you need to know that God loves you first. You have to understand that God's love for you, you can never purchase it with your strength. God loves you so much that you don't have to keep worrying. He says, what can separate me from the love of God. Amen. The apostle realized that I can't be who I am if God chooses not to love me. So thank God that he's the God of love. Stop 
letting things distort your memory or distort your understanding of who God is to you. He loves you. And it's about time that you walk with him in love. He says, keep yourself what? Keep yourself in what? The love. Walk in that love. Hallelujah. Number four, expecting the mercy of what? Lord Jesus Christ. That is one of my sweetest thoughts. Because after all this, after all this preaching, after all this praise and worship, after all this that we go left and right, back and forth every day, it takes the mercy of God to obtain eternal life. So when I say, if you weren't here, say to yourself, God, have mercy. The reason is because, even if you are not here, may God's mercy help you get to his internal glory. So that's why people don't say it. I don't understand why they don't say it. You need the mercy of God. It is not the fasting. It is not how long the prayers are. It's not how long you are reading the Bible. But it is the mercy of God. But it doesn't mean you abuse the mercy. Just because somebody loves you does not mean you abuse the love. I have to say that. The last two points. This is where we struggle with when it comes to the will of God. It says... Have mercy on some who doubt. Have, uh, save others, and we talked about this a little bit in Bible study. Save others from snatch, by snatching them from what? Yeah. When we receive the Holy Spirit and we become witnesses, one of our assignments to be in alignment with God's will is making sure that we are snatching those who are going wayward. But a lot of times, the children of God, they don't believe in snatching our brothers and sisters out of the fire. When your brother or your sister, when your church brothers, your church sisters are not doing the face of God, my brother and sister, this is where my passion is. Snatch them out of the fire. Why do we sit there and it's okay seeing that your brother and your sister is not serving God and it's okay with you? Why do you sit there when you know that people are not doing and not walking in the steps of God and it's okay? Snatch them out of the fire because my greatest prayer is that God let none of them be lost because that's the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed for the people that let none of them be lost. I don't want to see you lost. I don't want to see you in that eternal fire. I want you to experience the glory of the Most High. This should be our passion. This should be our message as a church. This should be our heart desire. Why does it have to take only the pastor to call somebody and say, let's pray together? Why does it have to take only the pastor to find out why my sister, why my brother is not coming to church? Why does it have to take only the pastor to do all this that is in Christ Jesus? It is beyond just the pastor. It is up to you and I to make sure that nobody is lost. This is where I, 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 
I lose my senses. Because when we think about what God has done for us, how can we sit there for others to also be in the place of fire? Has what he has done for you not good enough that others should not experience it? Is that love meaningful to you? You can say that this pastor bothers me. But trust me, I will bother you. For the sake that I don't want you to be in that fire. I don't want none of you to be lost. But I'm just saying, I will tell you the truth. And keep telling you the truth. And keep praying for you. And keep calling you. And encouraging you. And saying, come home. Because God needs you in this vineyard. Where else can we preach? We ask for God, for the will of God. The will of God is that he brought Jesus Christ to snatch us out of the... If there be anything that we can testify of, is this message in Jude. Because we are living in these times. I want to say some few things to every population here. To the husbands, wake up. Wake up and do the right thing. Let God be able to entrust in you that you can lead this family. Make sure that your children and your wife don't go wayward. If you have to snatch them out of this fire, if you say you love them, then snatch them out of the fire. To the mothers and to the wives, I came to tell you, don't lose heart. Snatch your children and your husbands out of the fire. When they are going wayward, don't lose heart in your prayer. But remember that they need to be snatched out of the fire. It is necessary. To the young women and the young men, remember the time that you live in, indeed is evil. But don't compromise to the things of this world. I was telling my daughter yesterday about how sometimes I talk to some people at work and they'll tell me, oh, pastor. Oh, oh I'm not, of course not pastor. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that on the side. Doc, let me tell you, a lot of, you know, if I'm going to marry anyone, I have to, one, live with that person, and two, we need to have sex to make sure that it's okay. And I said, listen, the one that ordains marriage is Jesus. If you cannot trust enough in him, and you put your experience before you enter, guess what? There's an open door somewhere called exit. <laughs> you get it? But if you can trust in God and put things in order, God will sustain you and come to your aid when you don't even know how to do it. To the youth, 
Don't say I'm still young. But let every moment be pleasing before God. Learn from each other. Encourage each other. Last time I was so blessed. And I was thinking about it all week. I was gone out of town. But I was thinking about it all week. When my daughter, when we were doing praise and worship, my daughter here was dancing. And I was asking myself, I wish her brothers and her sisters, the youth in this house, would join their sister. Because there is something that she has found that we have to say, what have you found? But because we see it as a laugh, a, you know, a joke or a laughing stock, we don't ask her what she's found. But we are witnesses. Thank you. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Amen.